Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. Hey, welcome into Purple Daily, where we talk about the Vikings seven days a week. Mackie and Judd Courtney Cronin is going to join us today, and Declan Goff is being responsible by drinking Corona Hard Seltzer at work. I've been socially distanced. I've been wearing my mask. I've been drinking my Corona Hard Seltzer. I'm following the three rules of life. It's exactly what I'm supposed to do every day. I, I, when I leave my apartment, my mask is on. When I'm in my apartment, I'm drinking Corona Hard Seltzers. It's, it's the important thing to do. This month and every month throughout the year, discover Corona Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach Vibes. With a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango cherry, and blackberry lime, Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly, Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. You know, defensively, I thought we uh, played real hard, kind of did okay with some of the things that we're trying to trying to get done. And then, um, you know, obviously we weren't very good on special teams, so we're going to have to improve that area uh, this week against Chicago. But uh, overall, it was, it was really fun to watch. Um, our guys played really, really hard, played with a lot of energy, and it was good to get another win at U.S. Bank Stadium. I love when people just g- keep grinding out a sentence when they have to clear their throat, like my example there. <laughs> Luckily, the, me being the excellent producer I am, I edited out the uh, throat clearing sound. Oh, so he did clear his throat. He was choked up, you guys. He's got a win streak going. He's <laughs> yeah. crying, okay? He's right. emotional. Don't pick on men who are emotional. Running the it's ball. okay to cry. The defense is back. He's, he's emotional. This is Purple Daily. Mackie and Judd, Declan producing, Courtney Cronin making a special Tuesday appearance here because she is also a football nerd and she knows that we do our football nerd segment of the week on Tuesdays. What's up, Courtney? How are you guys? Uh, well, we're off the tank for Trevor wagon now. I think that yeah, I think that, the- I think that ship sailed for, for everybody and um, I know there's parts of this fan base that are angry that they are in the midst of a two-game win streak and think that this whole thing's going to end up setting the franchise back. I don't necessarily disagree, but we deal in reality here on Purple Daily, and the fact is they are not going to be picking in the top three this year because there's too many games left that they are going to win. The fact is, it is hard. It is difficult week in, week out to lose in this league. That's the key mm-hmm. thing. Like, there are so many mediocre to, I mean, the Monday night game. Is that the best loss of the, the season? Patriots the Patriots and for- Jets. 
That's an all-time great tank for Trevor Lawrence well, by the Jets last even night. Even when they lose, they win. Yeah, and you came away from that game saying, bravo, Adam Gaze and Jets. But but my point is serious. It is hard to lose consistently in 2020. I really believe that. Because there's just too, many, too there's, many teams to beat? Is that what you're saying? No, there's too there, you're, too many bad teams. Your yeah. opponents are so often terrible, you can't help but win sometimes. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, exactly. Like there's the Jets almost won. bad teams this year. I think, honestly, you could probably count on a handful of, like, six or seven or eight maybe teams that are deemed good. Like ones that like you're going to expect a loss to every week and ones that, you know, are we going to run the table? Steelers, Bills, Chiefs, Ravens. Um, and that, that might be kind, Courtney. Yeah. But you're yeah, exactly I mean, right. Like, that's, you know, I would throw the Saints in there, but they, even they've been inconsistent at points. So it's like the NFC, I think everybody's kind of looking around being like, oh, wait, are you are you as good as your record states or are you as bad as we are deep down? Like that's kind of at least like the way that it's shaped out so far through the first half. One of the one of the Twitter film gurus went and found. So Greg Williams, I believe, is the Jets defensive coordinator, right? Yeah, uh, just mm-hmm. I love how like that's where his career is at now. All right, dude. Um, if you watch the the last couple of key defensive plays, quote unquote, for the Jets. So there was a third and 20. The Patriots needed to convert to keep going at one point. And then there was the eight seconds left. Uh, you know, the Patriots get one pass to get to field goal range. And on both those plays, Greg Williams must have called the tank for Trevor. Like everybody just clear the F out of the middle of the field and let Cam Newton throw a pass 18 yards down to the to the sticks. Yeah. Uh, just let 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 a receiver come wide open in the middle of the field to set up a field goal range. Uh, it was it was it was a glorious tank job for the Jets. The Lions came in here, Courtney, abound and determined that Monday morning Matt Patricia would be fired. Like they came in here basically basically saying we've got a, a plan here. It's going to work to perfection, and the league is so goofy you couldn't e- even turn on a. Defensive guru, and I put that in air quotes, not play defense and get him fired. He didn't get fired. So it is just a weird year, bizarre year. And my point is, it is very hard to lose consistently. So don't give up hope because it's just difficult. Yeah, the Lions probably won't lose next week. I mean, they play Washington, and Washington's terrible. So that'll be win number four for Detroit, and Matt Patricia will keep his job for another week. Because I agree with you, Judd. I mean, the way that they played was horrendous and even like the 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 game plan that they had for the vikings like you're gonna run the ball yet this defense you're going against is down to like guys they signed off the street last week playing cornerback why are you not going to test the secondary it just like there were so many things that are like is he trying to get fired is he trying to like look like he's half-assing this effort like i mean it's just and of course like it obviously looks like that, you know, when you have 10 guys on the field and all these substitution errors that they made, like, you know, when it, it just looks like everybody's kind of mailing it in, but you know, would you call it a good win for the Minnesota Vikings? Do you say, Oh, they're back. I think there are pieces of it. You can take from the Detroit win, the green Bay win, and potentially, you know, going for, like what that means going forward into the Chicago game that could give you the hope that, you know, they probably are knocking on the door of the playoffs, even at three and five right now. Like there's still a lot of bad teams that are kind of in that same spot of like three and five um, four, you know, in that, you know, three, four win spot that it's like, yeah, we're in the second half of the season. So, I mean, at least it's going to set things up like down the stretch where you're going to have a lot of teams fighting for one of those, you know, final spots outside of the uh, division winners. That's a really good segue, Courtney Cronin. That's why you are a professional. Get those nerds! Nerds! Nerds!
Let's jump into our nerd football stats of the week presented by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is on Twitter, just like all of us. Although as we spew takes about football and the Vikings, they have takes at Federated INS with fresh, relevant risk management content for business owners. So if you're a business owner, whether it's a pandemic year like 2020 or hopefully uh, something that looks better in 2021, you want that frontline protection and you want that peace of mind that comes with Federated's uh, gui- uh, guidance and expertise going back to the early 1900s. They're one of us in Owatonna, Minnesota, and their website is federatedinsurance.com. At Federated, it's always our business to protect Get yours. Get those nerds! 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 And here is, I've got a ton of stuff for you guys today, and all of these are going to have uh, discussions to be had within them. Vikings playoff odds. Let's start with this. I've got two websites for you here. Let's start with 538.com. They've got the Vikings finishing seven and nine with a 24% chance to make the playoffs. Now football outsiders also has the Vikings finishing seven and nine with a 17% chance to make the playoffs. So they're basically saying the Vikings are definitely going to win a bunch more games here. And if they happen to trip up against the bears once or twice, they're going to miss the playoffs. But what they're saying is seven and nine is likely. And if they were to steal both games against the bears or steal a game against the Buccaneers or something, then their playoff chances uh, go up beyond 24%. So what are your guys' thoughts when you hear, let's go with 538, when you hear, all right, they're going to push back toward 500 and have a one in four chance of making the playoffs? I think that's about right. I think that you look at the schedule the rest of the way. They still have Chicago twice. They've got Detroit one more time. Uh, I think that's the last game of the season in week 17. Like you can't just guarantee that they're going to go three and zero against two bad opponents in the NFC North. I mean, that's just we've seen how those games have gone in the past. I mean, they swept Detroit last year, but like this year, things. Who knows if Matt Patricia Patricia is even the coach at that point? So I mean, there's still so much uncertainty. Um, the fact that they were favored on the road in Chicago to begin with, when I saw that opening line, it was like two and a half, um, and Sunday night. I don't know what Vegas was thinking because it's there's so many factors that go into this that are beyond like, okay, the Vikings just beat up on, you know, Green Bay was a bad run defense and it has not been fixed since the NFC championship. And they beat up on a really bad Detroit team. Um, they don't play well in Chicago. Like I covered the one win that they've had he- there in, in quite some time in 2017. Um Kirk's 0-7, 0-8, whatever the record is on Monday Night Football. The Bears are coming off a terrible loss to Tennessee. They have a very good defensive front. Um, they're good against the run, so what are you going to do with Dalvin Cook? If you can't get that going, you're going to get back into a drop-back game with Kirk. That's never worked out for you at Soldier Field ever. So, I mean, like, I was just kind of surprised by that. But, like, when I think about playoff odds in this team, I feel like the ones that got away earlier in the season, Seattle – um, certainly how they played against Atlanta. Um, those, those games are going to come back to probably haunt them from one or two wins that they would need to get that seventh seed potentially, because as it stands right now, like I know that people are talking about, Oh, they're a playoff team. Potentially they should be in the conversation. Well, think about who's ahead of them right now. The Rams, the 49ers, potentially even Atlanta. Like they need in Chicago, like Chicago has a better record than them right now. They might not in a week, but like, all of that said, like they still need so many things to break their way. Like they don't, they don't control their destiny whatsoever, and they won't this season. So they're going to need a lot of things to kind of 
fall in their favor. And we know that this typically does not happen as uh, cookie cutter and perfect as they would like it to. So I think seven and nine and missing the playoffs is probably a lot more realistic than seven and nine and being the one of four chance essentially to, to make it. So these last two games, I give them credit. Okay. To be clear, they came out of the bye. They made adjustments. I think that they've done some good things. Green Bay had a terrible game. The lions are just terrible. So I can't I can't tell you what I think until I see the Bears game because the mm-hmm. Bears also aren't good. But if you go into Chicago and and Kirk f- finally breaks through and wins a Monday night game, right, and you win in a building where it is traditionally very tough, I'm impressed. And the mm-hmm. Bears might stink, but if they win that game, I say to myself, you know what, seven wins, eight wins, yeah. If you go in, in there and revert and don't play well, and the Bears front to what Courtney's saying, stops Dalvin Cook, and now, oh, my God, it's on Kirk, and Kirk's like, I don't want this on me. Then I'm back to being basically saying, okay, get as high a draft pick as possible. So I really, it's probably not fair, but my opinion largely on the 2020 Vikings at this point is going to hinge on that game Mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm impressed by what they've done to win the last two games, but their opponent's, have at times played so poorly or been so bad, I can't just sit here and say they're definitely back. Well, yeah, no, yeah. I think there's like just jumping on Judd's point. What Rick Spielman said when he was asked, like, how far do you feel feel like you guys are going to be out of contention or in contention? And at the bye week, he said, "Well, we have a bunch of division opponents coming up in this stretch, and they obviously have three straight, and then they've got two on the back end." He's like, "We should know pretty quickly if they win in Chicago." then I think you can go ahead and say their gamble that they pulled off, that they would have pulled off that gamble of let's not tear down the roster. This group can get us to the playoffs. Now, how successful in the playoffs, I don't know. But like a Chicago win at a place that it's just like that place is the house of horrors for this team. Like they do not play well there. And especially with Kirk in those primetime games last year, they were America's game of the week. And that was an absolute disaster. They got beat by Chase Daniel, the, year before on Sunday night football was just the beginning of the end um, really for, you know, the Mike Zimmer, John Filippo relationship, um, the, the shift that you saw in offensive philosophy, it all started there because Zimmer's like, we can't win with this guy playing the way that he is uh, in big time games, not being able to come through. So if they can buck that trend, I'm with Judd. I think it's credit will be given where it's due at that point. Kirk Cousins, man, I'm I'm just pulling up some of these. So he's played five games against the Bears in his career, uh, four of them at Chicago. Let me just let me just grab this because I want to see what his passer ratings are. It's mostly been really bad. His his cumulative passer rating is is like eighty nine point one or something, which in two thousand twenty uh, two thousand sixteen through two thousand twenty NFL is obviously not very good. Um, here we go. His passer rating, according to stathead.com in each of these five games. Now, two of these were with Washington. Mm -hmm. He's got two games, uh, both with the Vikings, 2018, both these games with passer ratings under 80 last year at Chicago. He had a pass rating of 91.6, but we all remember he got sacked a million times in that game. And that that, down to like the fullback on third down. That's when Diggs. that's when the, that's really the beginning of the end for Stephon Diggs. So he quit the team for like three days. Yep. And yeah. so his only like, he has two decent performances against the Bears, but they were both with Washington. They were both yeah. wins. He has lost 
Um, yeah, he has lost twice at Soldier Field as a Viking. And that actually brings us to the, the next football nerd nerds! stat. Nerd! So despite the bears and the hurdle on the horizon here, um, and, and what we know about the Vikings' difficulties in Soldier Field and everything Courtney laid out, what Vegas, I think, is looking at, because Vegas has tapped into all the same analytics and all the same evaluations that like Pro Football Focus and Vegas sort of look at football the same way, which is with context, right? Mm-hmm. And Pro Football Focus, this might answer your question about how are they favored? According to Pro Football Focus, the Vikings are the 12th best team in the NFL right now, ahead of 6-2 and two Baltimore, who is 13th. And they are, uh, they are the number one team, according to Pro Football Focus, in the running attack offensively and the number three yeah. overall offense. And they also rank number one in yards per play offensively. So the analytical look at the Vikings, if you take away you know everything that we know about them going to Soldier Field, is that they actually should have a much better record than three and five. And they have one of the best offenses in the NFL, again, according to Pro Football Focus. It doesn't feel like that, and I understand why, because the load that they're putting on Dalvin Cook right now, yes. I think people just look at that and say, how can you possibly sustain that? Because, recent example, look at what the Panthers did. Like, where did that get them with Christian McCaffrey, putting all that on him last year? It got them absolutely nowhere. It got them to, like, a mid, mid to high draft pick, and, you know, I think with Dalvin, you just are constantly holding your breath. I mean, he is the best running back in the NFL right now. Best pure runner, for sure. I think there's there's no doubting that. But can you rely on this every single week? Because when he's healthy and he's good, like, he's terrific. But, like, when you don't have that piece in your offense, the offense is a completely different look. Like, I know that they're, they can say what they want about the run game and Alexander Madison and the backups. All It's a completely different offense. Like, Madison behind Dalvin Cook looks really good. Madison on his own, look at Atlanta. Look at what happened, you know, other times when, when I mean, in Seattle, Dalvin had established, like, a lot of that before Madison went in, but even on the fourth and one. I mean, you can go on and on, but it's just, it's different. It's so hot and cold, like, very black and white. Like, it's one way or it's not. And I think that that's the thing where you see the yards per play and you see, you know, the rushing attack and all of that. Like, they are very clear as to what they need to do to win. I don't think they can deviate around that strategy if it doesn't go according to plan. And to jump off that point, too, and this is the huge question against the Bears. The Bears are going to sell out to stop Cook. No question. Mm-hmm. No question. And they should. Will Kubiak and Zimmer say, we don't care because we don't trust Kirk. And so we will lose. We will lose with a Cook plan of some sort. We'll either throw him the ball or we'll continue to try and wear the Bears down defensively. But I think that's the question is, are we now are we now past the point of, well, if it doesn't work with Cook, we'll put the ball back in Kirk's hands? Or do they say, yeah. bleep that. We will still throw passes. So, you know, let's say the goal is 20 passes like we saw against Detroit, Courtney. But I think that becomes the real question now is, are they to a, are they past the point of no return in putting the ball in Kirk's hands and basically going in with a Dalvin plan that, and, and Zim loves to do this, that they just stick with. And even if they continue to hit their heads against the wall, they say we prefer to do it with Dalvin than to empower a guy who we've tried to empower before, especially in uh, Chicago, and it hasn't mm-hmm. worked. You can't, they, they've learned their lesson that like you can't get into a drop back game and expect with this quarterback to win. Um, 
not against that defense, not when you're facing, you know, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, like the, the guys that have been giving him a nightmare for two seasons now. Um, and, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say because, you know, if your offense is constantly in three and out situations or Kirk's getting sacked and turning the ball over, like, I know the defense has shown signs of improvement this past two two wins, but even Zimmer said when he talked to his coaches um, on Monday, his defensive coaches, he's like, we might be doing some of the hardest coaching we've ever done, and we're still giving up 400 yards a game. Mm-hmm. That's telling right there because you can't trust if your offense is not going to be able to get it done. I mean, yes, the Bears have no offense either. Like The fact that Barkevious Mingo, a linebacker, was the leading rusher in the first half off of some special teams play um, that went awry. Like, that's a serious problem. And I don't, you know, I just don't, I think it'll probably be a very low scoring game either way. But I don't think that Mike Zimmer's comfortable because he knows like his defense is still kind of held together with like glue sticks and and paper clips. Like, Mm -hmm. but there is reason to believe that you won't deviate from that cook strategy because if he got you this far, you're going to keep riding him because you want, you know, job security. You, you know, that that's your best path to winning. Um, And when, when cousins gets in that deer in headlights, look, it's very hard to kind of shake him from that. And I think that's kind of what we saw the last two years in Chicago. Maybe it changes this year. I don't know, but I mean, I think that they found the happy medium for him. I think the 20 pass, 20 to 22 passes a game, rely heavily on Cook. You saw it in the first half. I mean, they were beating Detroit the way they always beat Detroit, by running the ball and, and taking shots off play action. Not necessarily deep shots because they were taking those away, but like dump offs, check downs, screens. It all worked. And um, I think that's kind of the plan that you probably want to follow again this week, whether it works out or not. I mean, it's going to depend on how well Chicago comes to stop the run. Speaking of Dalvin Cook, by the way. So if he keeps performing at the same level he has performed at these first seven games, which is just a ridiculous level, and he's mm-hmm. missed a game. He's missed a game. So he has he has a game, game and a half. Game and a half, and, mm-hmm. and he still leads the NFL in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, yards per carry if you don't count Kyler Murray. If he keeps performing at the same level and plays the rest of the season, he's on pace, hashtag pace, uh, Dave Campbell coined that one, 1,838 yards, 26 rushing touchdowns, 6 yards per carry, 34 catches, 371 yards through the air, and 2 more touchdowns. So that would be over, let's see here, 2,200 total yards from scrimmage and 28 touchdowns. That's the pace at which he is playing at right now, you guys. What, what's the touches? Like I can't do that math off the top of my head, how many carries you said he had and how many catches hold on a second that- F- football nerds 200,041 Courtney <laughs> well, that's I mean, all that's, we're stopping it we're capping it. Right. that's like the thing we came into this season wondering okay if this is a 300 plus touch 340, back, 343 that's not sustainable like you can't do that because if you are not really expecting to win this year like it's a crapshoot whether you do or not and you wear him down to the point where you know He's either risking injury or he doesn't come back the next year the same. Like next year, you're supposed to be set up to win, right? Like that's what this is supposed to be a, play, a player development. Now, I th- it's it's a I think it's a lose lose situation because Dalvin Cook's your only way to win is what you're saying offensively. But you realize by wearing him down, you're putting more, you're putting more wear and tear on him. You're dro- more mileage that you, 
it's it's you can't win because unless you're going to concede and be like, well, we're gonna we need to save Dalvin, so we're going to put Alexander Madison in. You know, the offense isn't going to be the same. So 343 touches, that's a lot. It's that's. That's Christian McCaffrey level right. last year, and that did not work out for them. Also worth noting, the last time the Vikings took this exact formula, offensive formula, into a season and said, all right, we're gonna, we're just going to do this. We're going to put training wheels on our quarterback, and we're going to go all in. Adrian Peterson, 2012. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe yeah, that was coming MVP. off of an, a, uh, an ACL, but he went for 2,000 yards. And then yep. the, the next year he missed a couple of games, but he was basically like, and then he got the suspension in 2014. He did live to fight another day after a high usage season, but Dalvin Cook, like, keep this in mind: Adrian Peterson in college and Adrian Peterson in his first few years in the NFL was very used to touching the ball 350 times a year. The NFL has changed a lot. This is last year was uncharted territory for Dalvin Cook. This year is going to go even further. And so, on one hand, it's super fun to watch one of the best running backs in the NFL of this generation operate. Um, but but what is your is your end goal to be relevant next year and the year after that? I just think you have to be careful with the workload. I agree with you. I love this topic. It's so much fun, and here's why: he is spectacular. He's great. In fact, they are they are using him in a must win type of way, exactly how I would. But the flip side is you just signed him to a contract, right, Courtney? And yeah. and this is this is they got a new car or a nice car and they said we are going to floor this SOB from here to Chicago. Well, guess what happens? It's going to break down. In fact, this car has broken down previously. This is all about choices. And the Vikings right now came back from the bye with a coach who largely I think said I'm 60 plus, screw this. I'm trying to win now, right? And mm-hmm. he said, I'm going to floor this car for as long as I possibly can. But there will be fallout and ramifications to that decision. Um, so I love this topic because it's so intriguing because we are seeing a special talent who I contend could have been preserved a little bit and used differently at different times. And they've said no. And part of it, and this is why it gets dicey. And I, I know people are going to get mad, but... It gets dicey because a large part of what they're saying is based on this. We're paying our quarterback a ton and can't use him like that. Mm -hmm. And so this is all about choices. And I keep going back to this is why, as good as Cook is, this is why, in my opinion, the Vikings puzzle is put together wrong. Because you're basically saying we have to play this style of football because our quarterback, who, by the way, would be fine if he made eight mil. Or ten mil, and then you'd have, and then you'd have a left guard. Exactly, <laughs> but but the point is, the point is, they're making choices based on the fact that their football puzzle is not put together correctly, and that's where this gets to be intriguing to, to me because you are you are using Cook to win games, and I get that you want to win games, but are you doing it at the right time? And I would say probably not. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I I agree with you. I think that. It's telling when you have a quarterback who's making $96 million from 2020 to 2022, uh, most of it guaranteed because of the extension. And you're using him in a sense where you're trying to insulate him of how can we best suit Kirk's needs in games. And that's to use the other very expensive player um, that you paid this offseason. And it was, the right, it was the right call to pay Dalvin Cook because I don't know where this offense would be if, let's say, they traded him or let's say he – I mean, he wouldn't sit out this year. It'd be stupid because of all the ramifications with his like restricted free agency, all of that. But if they were in a situation that they didn't have him, 
I think that they would be lost more so than they are now. And he's kind of given this entire team a glimmer of hope with what 478 yards from scrimmage, five total touchdowns these last two games that, Hey, we're still in this. We can do this. Um, But I don't know if you can, can, how long can you get away with riding that same player and not anticipate that something's going to happen to throw you off course there because they just don't have a backup plan. That's the problem. Cause I just don't think that, you know, I mean, Kirk can play, Kirk played excellent on Sunday. Why? Low expectations. Let's call it what it is. It's a Detroit team. It's true. Uh, not very good. Um, he threw the ball 19, 20 times. Um, in the game, he didn't have to do much. Like, I mean, yes, he threw three touchdowns, but, you know, he had a lot of help along the way from the running game. I and mean, hell, that second touchdown to Irv Smith probably doesn't happen if, if Dalvin Cook doesn't have that blitz pickup uh, to kind of clear that lane over to the left side for Kirk to find Smith on a one-yard touchdown, whatever it was. But um, the pieces of this puzzle, like Judd was saying, were constructed in a way now that they're kind of like jamming it together, being like, this is how it has to work because we don't have any other options. We have to work with what we have. And what they have is a very, very talented running back, but – I don't know at this pace if we're going to keep talking about like how, you know, how can they win games without Dalvin Cook? They don't have that strategy. They have the strategy that works of how they do win games, but like they don't have anything outside of what we've seen the last two weeks because, you know, it just it just hasn't happened yet. And so Cook is a sports car that's great, right? Like it's a great mm-hmm. sports car. But here, here is uh, to c- continue the point about what the Vikings are doing and why the puzzle does not work. You've got another sports car in your garage, and his name is Justin Jefferson. And, like, he is a big-time sports car. And right now, because of who would have to drive that car, you're saying, well, we're not going to use that one too much. Actually, hold on. Get those nerds! 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 Because this is in my notes. You got the snap counts? You want to give the snap counts? No, go ahead. Okay, just for context, Adam Thielen on the field for 50 of 58 snaps in this game. Justin Jefferson was on the field for only 35 of 58 snaps. Well, they were running so much like 21 and 22 personnel, like in a lot of like single receiver sets, because they were trying to overload with tight ends um, for the run game, things like that. Like I noticed that that was kind of what their game plan was early, especially when you saw that first touchdown, the one that cook that Mike Zimmer challenged Um, like that, that to me was, that was the indicator right there. Okay. This is the type of game it's going to be. Yeah, I, I just think that if, if I am the coaching staff and trying to devise plans, that I put Jefferson out there as much as Th- Thielen or more, Courtney, based on this. If I'm a defense, I'm far more afraid of Jefferson and his big play potential. And, and if they were intent, see, this is where, to me, against Detroit, they tip th- their hand way too much. If they were intent on running true play-action pass, right, like mm-hmm. big time, we are going to use this. We've got Cook, who's great, and Cousins, who can make th- this work, which he can. Mm-hmm. Um, if I am a defensive coordinator, I'm far more concerned if Jefferson is out there because that means you're going to do it. Thielen to me is like, well, you might throw a short pass, you might throw a long pass, but I'm much more more concerned. But to my point. I just think it's too bad that this really, really nice, uh, brand new, just built sports car is sort of being, oh, we'll use that sometimes because it's quite clear that you don't trust the plan in how it should work. 
Yeah, I that's mean, my point. They're kind, of, they're kind of using the sports car in a similar fashion to the way that they used the last sports car that they traded for. It was a good trade because they got that's another why the sports, sports car. Said, "I'd like to go but to Buffalo. You want to go to Buffalo?" It's like Minnesota. We don't drive sports cars in the winter because they get rusted out. Maybe that's the philosophy. I've got one more for you here. Uh, last couple minutes here. Get those nerds! 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 Offensive line. We got to give the offensive line some love mm-hmm. here. Uh, again, according to Pro Football Focus, which uh, which does deep dive analysis into the trenches. Among the 80 qualified offensive tackles this season, Brian O'Neill ranks 12th overall. Riley Reef ranks 36th overall. So both are above average. Brian O'Neill is way above average. Riley mm-hmm. Reef has only allowed six pressures all season. Among the 38 qualified centers, Garrett Bradbury is ninth out of 38 in uh, in overall grade. He's closer to the bottom third in pass protection, but he's much better in that category than he was last year. And uh, even though the guards don't really paint a pretty picture, according to Pro Football Focus, Ezra Cleveland has been the best right guard on the roster so far this year. So definite progress. I think the Cleveland thing, um, I think it shows you too when you look back at the film, um, you know, where they put guys like Danny Shelton, Nick Williams, all that stuff, like where, you know, they were scheming towards Cleveland. I think because he's probably the better guard. Um, and that's kind of weird to say when he's like, okay, he's started three games total at this position ever. I believe um, that first game, he allowed a sack, uh, you know, his first game ever playing the position understandable. But since then, I mean, he's looked really good. Um you don't want to go ahead and give him credit and be like, oh, they're such geniuses for moving this guy out of his natural position to play right guard. I mean, they also played, you know, it's a very small sample size. So I don't think we can go ahead and say this is the right place, like keep Riley Reef next year, restructure, whatever. Like, you know, no. I still think that Ezra Cleveland was drafted to play left tackle. That's a franchise position that you want to shore up. So go ahead and do that. But it's looked really good. And I think just kind of the way that Mike Zimmer talks about Pat Elfline potentially coming back off IR and just is so very wishy-washy on it, like won't really commit to it, kind of like skirts around the subject very quickly, makes me believe that he's not coming back off to get his job back if he comes off at all. Yeah. So um, it's, it is amazing that like, Ezra Cleveland, I think it just shows he, he's not going to be a right guard long term. And if he is, then they it's a complete about face. But I think it shows you there's some talent there that he can jump into a position he's not familiar with on a side he's not familiar with and be the best of the guys that have played there so far this year. So, um, all right, that's a wrap on nerd football stats. Courtney Cronin, ESPN.com. We'll see you again on Friday. We appreciate you hanging out with us. And this Bears game pretty much pretty much gives you the direction of where the Vikings are going to go. But as Judd said a couple weeks ago, if you're going to beat the Packers, you better beat the Lions and you better go. Otherwise, these are if you get to 7-9 and nine and miss the playoffs and Dalvin Cook touches the ball 350 times, yeah. it kind of feels like a waste. So Absolutely. you might as well go if you're the Vikings at this point. All right, thanks for hanging out with us. Purple Daily, seven days a week during the season. We'll see you guys tomorrow.